Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to the goddamn Bricks in the Wall. I am your host, John, a.k.a. Truth in Media, a.k.a. Bricks in the Wall, a.k.a. Trippy Shaman. Now, I wanted to come to y'all and do this solo emergency podcast. Me and the guys didn't meet up this weekend. Um, It was Christmas. We were all with our families, you know, celebrating the occult, age-old holiday known as Saturnalia. We might have to do an episode on that because that's a whole episode. It's about how Christmas is actually the worship of Saturn. I mean, that's a whole topic on its own. But anyways, uh, I wanted to come and put this... and I, cause, Because I came across some information this weekend that just left me flabbergasted and left me with my wide open. Because it's just more information that adds to the cause that we are fighting for. That's, that is... To not comply with what's going on across the world. Now, I don't know if y'all know, but in the whole world, there's good guys and bad guys. They're called black hats and white hats. And there's two sides of people. uh, And this is basically the final world war. This is the last world war. It's not fought with guns. It's not fought with bombs. It's fought with propaganda and uh, television programming. It's basic, basically a war for your consciousness or your soul or your mind. Now, I came across this information this weekend and I was surprised because I haven't heard anything about this in the media or even Instagram or any of the alternative sites that I follow that I use for this, this type of information. But this is um, a letter by Archbishop his name is Carlo Maria Vigano. He's an Italian archbishop. And I know what you're thinking. Catholic church, you know what they're all about. They're all about hurting kids and all. But to be honest, I think this guy is a white hat. Because I heard about this letter he wrote. It is a letter he wrote to the American people. And it's basically a warning and a call to rise up and to fight this everything that's going on. So I read this letter and I was like, hmm, this is a little weird. A priest from the, an archbishop from the Catholic Church telling us what to do or what to watch out for. Aren't they known to mess around with kids and do all kinds of sick stuff? Yes. So I went and looked this guy up. And let me just read a couple of facts about him. Uh, He was born in 1941 and he is the archbishop of the Catholic Church. He served as the apostolic nuncio of the United States from October 2011 to April 2016. Previously, he served as the Secretary General of the Government of the Vatican City State from July 2009 to September 2011. He is best known for having exposed two major Vatican scandals. These were the Vatican League scandals of 2012, in which he revealed financial corruption in the Vatican and a 2018 letter in which he accused Pope Francis and other church leaders of covering up sexual abuse allegations against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. So with these just two things, you know, I feel this guy is actually working for the good guy because I went back 
and I saw other letters that he had written, and he's actually writing in opposition to this whole virus thing that's going on worldwide. He wrote letters about the vaccine programs and how they're not working and how they're against uh, freedoms and humanity. So what I wanted to read about, uh, I wanted to post on Instagram. Um, I have a pretty big following and I work pretty hard to get that following. And I've noticed that whenever I post true, like defining proof of how this, all of this is bullshit, I get shadow banned. And um, I've gotten messages from my followers saying that they can't share my stuff, that they can't even mention me because I'm shadow banned. But it's interesting because I've also noticed that the things that get the most attention are COVID related. I've done experiments. I've um, I post different kinds of things, different days. I'll post things about humanity about how we need to uh, raise our consciousness. I post things about the occult. I post things about the mud flood in Tartaria and various things. And I've noticed the things that get the most action um, have to do with COVID. And I think this has to do with the algorithms. You know, they're designed to feed you content that will know that the companies know will get your um um, interaction that you'll like or met or comment on it or, or share it. And it's this is to keep the people on the sites for longer. And I've noticed lately also that Instagram's sort of becoming a narrative forming machine. You know, we're all posting things that we want to that we want to share regarding to you know, the virus and everything. But I've also noticed that when we when we post these things or even when we like it, when we like certain posts, we're adding to the narrative. Like I started saving a whole bunch of posts regarding different things. Let's see if I can post some of them real quick. But basically, I've noticed that people will post things about, for example, someone posts a video about people who got injured because of the vaccine. And then you like that video. So if you really think about it, do you like the fact that somebody got injured by the vaccine or do you like the information that's coming out? And I know that y'all like the information. We, the truthers, we don't wish ill or sickness on others who don't want to who don't want to listen to us or follow us. We're just trying to get the information out. We're coming from an open hearted, compassionate sentiment that we want to help. We want to give you information that we think will benefit you. But the other side, I've noticed, they've become very antagonistic and they've come out calling for people to get sick and even die. That's, that's just that's detrimental. But what I'm trying to come back to is that by us liking certain posts, I, I think that we're, we're helping this narrative continue, you know. So I think I'm going to start backing off from that. And I'm only going to start posting things like that on, on this podcast because I've noticed that I, um, I'm getting shadow banned. I've already got shadow banned about two or three times and it lasts about two weeks. And, um, you know, originally before I started posting COVID stuff, I was just posting truther things and I was getting a relative amount of uh, feedback and um, action, like people liking it and commenting it. And, you know, I'm not about that. I don't want I don't want my ego to inflate. It's not about me. This is about the information that I want to come out. 
But then I, I noticed once I started posting this COVID things, I was getting shadow banned. And uh, I was usually before that getting about three to 400 likes on a video, several comments and shares. But then once I become shadow banned, I'll get six likes on a post that previously would have gotten hundreds. And um, it's just to say that I'm going to stop posting most of that stuff on my Instagram and I'm going to start talking about it here. And so what I wanted to talk about was about this guy, which I think is a white hat. So I'm going to read you a little bit more about him. Okay. um, He was ordained priest in 1968 and spent most of his career working as a diplomat, working in a diplomatic capacity for the Holy See. As a priest, he served on a number of diplomatic missions before being consecrated a bishop by Pope John Paul II in 1992. Vigiano, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm going to say it Italian that way, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Eh? Vigiano was appointed Secretary General of the Vatican City Governatory in 2009, where he reformed the finances of Vatican City and turned a budget deficit into a surplus. He, or, he complained directly to Pope Benedict XVI about financial corruption. The unauthorized publication of two of his letters led to the Vatican leak scandal, exposing financial mismanagement and wrongdoing in the Vatican. He was then transferred to the position of apostolic nuncio to the United States in 2011 over his objections. While in the United States, Vigiano earned a reputation as a conservative, arranging a controversial meeting between Pope Francis and former city clerk Kim Davis, known for her opposition to same-sex marriage, during the Pope 2015 visit to the United States. A priest accused him of suppressing allegations of sexual misconduct against Archbishop John Clayton Neunstent. I can't really pronounce that. But he denied he denied doing so. On August 25th, the sem- I'm, I'm sorry, on August 25th, 2018, Vigiano published an 11-page letter accusing Pope Francis and numerous other senior church leaders of concealing allegations of sexual misconduct against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Vigiano stated that Pope Benedict XVI imposed sanctions on McCarrick in response to accusations that were made against him, but that Pope Francis refused to enforce them and that he made McCarrick an important advisor. So this guy McCarrick was uh, was being accused by Vigiano that he had done some weird shit with kids and kind of Pope Francis was kind of covering for him. Um, Vigiano called on Francis to resign. The letter provoked diverse reactions within, within the church, with some expressing support for the allegations and calling for further investigation, and others defending Francis, questioning the statements made, by, made in the letter and attacking Vigiano's credibility. After the publication of the letter, Vigiano continued to issue public statement. So as you can see, this guy, Vigiano, he's a good guy. You know, he's trying to get the information about, about financial corruption and um, uh, funny things going on with uh, people in the church messing with kids. But I don't know. He might be working for them. He might not. I don't know. But he wrote this letter that this is what I want to read to you. And this is what this solo emergency podcast is about. He wrote this letter calling out this whole coup that's going around the whole world and that they're trying to implement their new world order 
uh, in this final installment of the final revolution. So um, here I'm going to read his letter right quick. Okay, guys, I had to pause a little bit. I'm getting here uh, uh, comfortable. I'm actually recording in my truck. Um, like I said, the guys aren't here and it's just be by myself. So I'm in my truck. Maybe we can get some good audio in here. Maybe we'll do this in the future. But um, I'm just situating myself. I got my beer and my weed pen here because this stuff is kind of kind of dark, kind of depressing. But um, this is what I wanted to share with you. And I couldn't post it on my, on my Truth and Media site on Instagram because I know that if I post this, I will most likely get taken down. But here is the message that Vigiano wrote to the, Amer to the American people. Now pay attention. Dear American people, dear friends, for two years now, a global coup has been carried out all over the world, planned for some time by the elite group of conspirators enslaved to the interest of international high finance. Now I want to pause here. The reason I'm reading to you, because the guy, he wrote this letter but he also uh, he uh, he talked it out. He he recorded himself and he published it. But he has a very heavy Italian accent, and it's kind of hard to to really understand some of the things that he's saying. So that's why I'm gonna I'm not a good reader either. But I'm, I feel like I need to read it to you, so you can get a better a better understanding. So here we continue. This coup was made possible by an emergency pandemic that is based on the premise of a virus that has a mortality rate almost analogous to that of any other seasonal flu virus. On the almost, I'm sorry, on the delegitimization and prohibition of effective treatments and on the distribution of experimental gene serum, which is obviously ineffective and which also clearly carries with it the danger of serious and even lethal side effects. We all know how much the mainstream media has con contributed to supporting the insane pandemic narrative. The interests that are at stake and the goals of these groups of power reducing the world population, making those who survive critically ill, and imposing forms of control that violate the fundamental rights and natural liberties of citizens. And yet, two years after this grotesque farce started, which has claimed more victims than a war, than a war and destroyed the social fabric, national economies, and the very foundations of rule of law, Nothing has changed in the policies of nations and their response to the so-called pandemic. <clears throat> Last year, when many still had not yet understood the gravity of the looming threat, I was among the first to denounce this coup. I was promptly singled out as a conspiracy theorist. Today, more and more people are opening their eyes and beginning to understand that the emergency pandemic and the ecological emergency are part of the criminal plan hatched by the World Economic Forum, the UN, the WHO, and the galaxy of organizations and foundations that are ideologically char characterized as clearly anti-human, and this needs to be said clearly anti-Christian. One of the elements that unequivocally confirms the criminal nature of the Great Reset is the perfect synchrony with which all the different nations are acting, demonstrating the existence of a single script under the single direction. And it is disconcerting to see how lack of treatment, the deliberately wrong treatments that have been given in order to cause more deaths, 
the decision to impose lockdowns and masks, the conspiratorial silence about the adverse effects of these so-called vaccines. There are, in fact, gene serums and the continuous repetition of culpable errors have all been possible thanks to the complicity of those who govern and the institutions. <clears throat> I gotta take a sip. This is a pretty long, uh, it's like four pages. And then I'll, I'll show you how to get the, the information at the end. Okay, where was I? Political, political and religious leaders, representatives of the people, scientists and doctors, journalists and those who work in the media have literally betrayed their people, their laws, their constitutions, and the most basic ethical principles. The, elector, the electoral fraud of the 2020 presidential election against Pres President Trump has show, shown itself to be organic to this global operation because in order to have because in order to impose illegitimate restrictions in violation of the principles of law, it was necessary to be able to use an American president who would support the cycle pandemic and support its narrative. The Democratic Party, part of the deep state, is carrying out its task as an accomplice of the system. Just as the deep church finds in Bergoglio, what the heck is Bergoglio? Hmm its own propagandist. The recent rulings of the Supreme Court and the autonomous action of some American states where the vaccination obligation has been declared unconstitutional give us hope that this criminal plan can collapse and those, and those responsible will be identified and tried, both in America as well as in the whole world. How was this possible to arrive at such a betrayal? How have we come to be considered enemies by those who govern us, not in support of the common good, but rather to feed a hellish machine of death and slavery? The answer is now clear. Throughout the whole world, in the name of perverted concept of freedom, we have progressively erased God from society and laws. We have denied that there is an eternal transcendent principle, valid for all men of all times, to which the laws of the state much, must conform. We have replaced this absolute principle with the arbitrariness of individuals, with the principle that everyone is his own legislator. In the name of this insane freedom, which is license and libertinage, we have allowed the law of God, the law of nature to be violated, legitimizing the killing of children in the womb and even to the moment of birth, the killing of the sick and the elderly in hospital wards, the destruction of nat natural family and of marriage, we have recognized rights to vice and sin, putting the deviations of individuals before the good of society. In short, we have subverted the entire moral cord, moral order that constitutes the indispensable basis of the law and social life of a people. Already in the 4th century BC, Plato wrote these things in the last works of the laws and identified the cause of the Athenian political crisis precisely in the breaking of the divine order, the cosmos, between these eternal principles and human laws. These natural moral principles of the Greco-Roman world 
found their fulfillment in Christianity, which built Western civilization by giving them a supernatural impetus. Christianity is the strongest defense against injustice, the strongest garrison against the oppression of the powerful over the weak, the violent over the peaceful, and the wicked over the good, because Christian morality makes each of us accountable to God and to our neighbor for our actions, both as citizens and as rulers. The Son of God, whose birth we will celebrate in a few days, became incarnate in time and in history in order to heal an ancient wound and to restore by grace the order broken by the disobedience. His social kingship was generating was the generating principle of the Ordo Christianus that for two centuries now have been fiercely fought against by Freemasonry because the revolution it promotes is chaos. It is disorder. It is infernal rebellion against the divine order so as to impose Satan's tyranny. Damn. Now as we see what is happening around us, we understand how mendacious were these promises of progress and freedom made by those who destroyed Christian society and how deceptive was the prospect of a new tower of Babel built not only without regard for God but even in direct opposition to Him. The infernal challenge of the enemy is repeated over the centuries, unchanged, but it is doomed to inex inexorable failure. Behind this millennial conspiracy, the adversary is always the same, and the only thing that changes are the particular individuals who cooperate with him. Dear American brothers and sisters, dear patriots, it is crucial moment for the future of the United States of America and the whole of humanity. But the pandemic emergency, the farce of global warming and the green economy and the economic crisis deliberately induced by the Great Reset with the complicity of the deep state are all only the consequence of a much more serious problem. And it is essential to understand it in depth if we want to defeat it. This problem is essentially moral. Indeed, it is religious. We must put God back in the first place, not only in our personal lives, but also in the life of our society. We must restore to our Lord Jesus Christ and the crown that the revolution was torn from him. And in order for this to happen, a true and profound conversion of individuals and of society is necessary. For it is absolutely impossible to hope for the end of this global tyranny if we continue to remove from the kingdom of Christ the nations that belong to him and must belong to him. For this reason, the movement to over overturn Roe versus Wade also acquires a very important meaning, since respect for the sacredness of unborn life must be sanctioned by positive law if it is to be a mirror of the eternal law. You are animated by a yearning for justice, and this is a legitimate and good desire. Blessed are those who hunger, for, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, says the Lord in Matthew 5, 6. But this justice must be based on the awareness that this is a spiritual battle in which it is necessary to take sides without equivocation and without compromise. 
holding transcendent and eternal references that even the pagan philosophers glimpsed and that have found fulfillment in the revelation of the Son of God, the Divine Master. My appeal for an anti-globalist alliance, which I renew today, aims precisely constitute, to constitute a movement of moral and spiritual rebirth which will inspire the civil, social, and political action of those who do not, who do not want to be enslaved as slaves of the new world order. A movement that at the national and local level will be able to find a way to oppose the Great Reset and that, and that coordinates the denunciation of the coup that is currently in progress. Because in the awareness of who our adversary is and what his aims and purposes are, we can disrupt the criminal action he intends to pursue and force him to retreat. In this, the opposition of the pandemic farce and the vaccination obligation must be determined and courageous on part of each of you. Hold on, let me read that again. That sounded strange. In this, the opposition of the pandemic farce and the vaccination obligation must be determined and courageous on the part of each of you. Yours must therefore be a work of truth, bringing to light the lies the deceptions of the New World Order and their anti-human and anti-Christic matrix. And in this, it is mainly the lady, lady, the lady, and people of goodwill, each in the profession and civil role he holds, who must coordinate and organize together to make a firm but peaceful resistance not as to legitimize its violent repression by those who today hold in power. Be proud of your identity as American patriots and of the faith that must animate your life. Do not allow anyone to make you feel inferior just because you love your homeland, because you are honest at work, because you want to protect your family and raise your children with healthy values, because you respect the elderly, because you protect life from conception to its natural end. Do not be intimidated or seduced by those who propagate a dystopian world in which a faceless power imposes on you contempt for the law of God. Present sin and vice as licit and desirable, despises righteousness and morality, destroys the natural family and promotes the worst perversions, plans the death of defenseless and weakless creatures, and exploits humanity for its own profit or to preserve power. Be worthy heirs of a great Archbishop Fulton Sheen and do not follow those of your pastors who have betrayed the mandates that they have received from our Lord, who impose iniquitous order on you or who remain silent before the evidence of an unheard of, an unheard of crime against God and humanity. May this holy Christmas illuminate your minds and inflame your hearts before the infant king who lays in the manger. And just as the choirs of angels and the homage of the Magi united with the simple adoration of the shepherds, so also today your commitment to the moral rebirth of the United States of America, one nation under God, will have the blessings of our Lord and will gain those who govern you around you. Amen. May God bless you 
and may God bless the United States of America. Written by Carlo Maria Vigiano, an archbishop. Man, that is a powerful ass letter. Like I read this earlier and I was tearing up. I was, you know, when I was little, I used to be very emotional and my parents, I guess they didn't know how to deal with the very emotional kid. And they would like tell me to stop crying because I would cry over little things and I would just get so emotional and they would kind of tell me, you know, you're a man, stop crying. You don't need to do that. So I used to bottle up my feelings for a very long time. And this caused problems in my marriage. Uh, I didn't know how to, how to talk about my feelings because it would make me angry. I would want to suppress them. But over the past, I'd say, five or six years, I've really been putting in work, really looking at my shadow self and really trying to express and feel my emotions. And where was I going with this? I guess I was going with the fact that I used to hide my emotions. So in my teens, when I would feel something, I would just bury it deep inside and and it would cause me to get angry. But now I can just feel my emotions as they come. And I've noticed a lot of the times when I'll read something that's that has this revolutionary spirit that goes for the freedom of humanity, that calls for us to empower ourselves and to wake up. When I hear these type of messages, you know, I get a tear to my eye because it's powerful. It's it's sad that we don't really hear these type of messages often. And when I do, they're very powerful and they, they really, I can feel them in my soul, you know, and they make me cry. But anyways, I just wanted to share that with y'all today um, and share that. If you want to find it, let me give you the info. You can look up that archbishop's name. Look up Carlo Maria Vigiano. Let me spell that for you. V-I-J-A-N-O. So look up his name and then letter. Um, I mean, look up his name and then message to the American people and you should find it. And again, don't use Google because I tried looking it through Google and it was a little tough. But I, I usually use Bing or DuckDuckGo and, and I found it. And I felt I needed to share that with y'all. So please, um, if you want to put that on your social media or whatever or share it with your family. But we need to get this message out because so many people still think that us, the people questioning this whole pandemic, still think we're insane. But... I don't, I don't know if slowly, but it just seems like more and more people are coming and talking about this. And to have this guy, this major archbishop, come out and write this letter is, is pretty powerful. So please share this message. And um, I hope you guys have a good day or evening or wherever you're at. And um, thanks for listening. Peace.